1: Welcome to Your Next Step. Today we have a special podcast broadcast. That's because Pastor Doug is going to be teaching as part of this series on fantasy world. See, you and I live in a world that really is constantly encouraging us to live under a bubble of a fantasy. And we're want to dive in and kind of deal with the fantasy and and expose the things that you and I as Christians shouldn't be a part of. So Pastor Doug, welcome to your next
0: step, the Thank intro. You. Great to be here.
1: So when you think of life of the party, what's the first thing that comes to your mind about this lesson? A beer commercial. That, okay. w- that was
0: the image that I had in my mind of what the party was.
1: That's right. It's it's this idea that that hedonism, self centeredness. You know that I. It's okay
0: for me to to do what feels good, and yet that's not really what God calls us to, is it? And it's hollow and deceptive. Which was you know our, our core verse here from. Colossians 2, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. That's why it's a fantasy. That beer commercial is promising you something that doesn't really exist, and if you try to achieve that, you'll find out the hard way that it doesn't That's really right. exist. It will leave you
1: hurting and in pain. So I'm Pastor Doyle. Pastor Doug. And we're here with you for your next step. Today, we want to encourage you to dive into the Word of God with us and keep listening as we look at how you and I can choose God's way.
0: First thing that we need to do is we need to look at that word fantasy. Um, Strange word has a lot of different meanings, a lot of different implications, a lot of different connotations. For me, personally, it has a positive connotation. If I hear the word fantasy, that sounds like a good thing to me, and I know why that is. It is because when I was little, uh, five or six maybe, I suppose, my mom used to take me to this place called Fantasy Farm. Don't know if you've heard of Fantasy Farm. It was there in the, in the Dayton area. Little amusement park, not nearly the size of uh, Cedar Point or King's Island, but I loved it. I loved Fantasy Farm, have good memories of it. When I hear the word fantasy then, that's what I immediately go back to. So it has a positive connotation for me. The word also has negative connotations, though. I, I thought about that this week. I think it's possible that it originally had negative connotations, that when the word was invented, it, it was intended to be a negative word. I say that because there always seems to be a little bit of, of shame or sensitivity that is attached to it. Now, I, I can't prove it, and I could be wrong about that, but what I, I certainly am right about this morning is that when Pastor Doyle uses that, that word fancy, he is using it In a negative way, he does give that word a negative connotation. When Pastor Doyle is talking about fantasy, he is talking uh, about that which is a lie, that which is a a purposeful lie, an intentional lie, a hurtful lie, not, you know, kind of an innocent lie, just meant to spare somebody's feelings, but a lie that is intended to do damage to someone. Fantasy here means uh, that which is a sham or a scam. It is that which is false that which is fake, that which is phony, that which is not what it claims to be. It does claim to be something, but that is not really what it is. Uh, A fantasy is something that uh, does not live up to the promises that it makes. It makes a promise, but it it does not live up to that promise, cannot live up to the promise, never intended to live up to the promise. A a fantasy does not meet the expectations that it uh, sets. Again, it sets expectations, Does not live up to them, cannot meet them, never intended to meet them. You are familiar with fantasies like these, aren't you? We encounter them all the time, every day, multiple times a day. We are saturated in fantasies like this. One way they come to us is commercials. TV commercials, right? Every TV commercial is a fantasy. Perhaps the worst, though, are fast food commercials, Right, you watch a fast food commercial and they show you food that is perfectly prepared, symmetrical, layered, crunchy, crispy, just appetizing, right? Looks good. You go to the restaurant, you order that same thing you saw in the commercial. You know where this is going, don't you? That is not what you get. And, and there's even, people have gone online and they've taken pictures of this. Interestingly enough, they call it expectation versus reality. We could call it fantasy versus reality. But um, we've all experienced this before. We, we all know this. There are other fantasies out there, though. Fantasies that aren't trying to get us to, to buy food, but are trying to affect the way we live the way we think, and the way we behave. Fantasies that are trying to alter who we are and who we are becoming. Fantasies that are trying to change our eternal destiny, to get our eternal destiny to be something other than what God wants it to be. We do not encounter these fantasies by chance. We encounter them, but it's not by chance. They are sent to us. They are fired at us. They are launched at us because they really are attacks, psychological attacks, psychological warfare. They are sent to us by our three great enemies. Pastor Doyle says we have three great enemies. I've thought a lot about this. I think this is absolutely correct. I can't imagine anything else that might attack us other than these three things. But this is what they are. He says it's the world, the flesh, and the devil, Satan, Lucifer. Those are our three great enemies, and they are the ones who are launching these fantasies at us. They design them, they create them, and then they fire them at us. I don't know if they do that independently of each other, if the flesh can work independently of the other two, or if they cooperate sometimes. I imagine it may be uh, half and, and half there. But in any case, this is where these fantasies come from. This, this is who is firing these fantasies at us. What Pastor Doyle is, is wanting us to do here, what he's trying to accomplish in this sermon series, is he wants us to recognize that those fantasies and turn away from them. He wants us to turn away from the fantasy and turn or return to reality, which is another way of saying God. I could say God's reality, but both of those terms are really the same thing. God is reality. Reality is God. So turn away from the fantasy, turn to reality, return to God, turn to Jesus who who, uh, revealed reality to us. So that's another way that we could put it. Pastor Doyle wants us to turn away from the fantasy, and he wants us to turn to Jesus. And that brings us to the first idea that he has for us here, the first idea that that you're going to find on your notes. So he says, choose God's way. Now, this idea of choosing God's way, the Lord's way, Jesus' way, we find this repeatedly in the Scriptures, Genesis to to Revelation. In Deuteronomy, God told the Israelites, I've set before you life and death, choose life. At the end of the book of Joshua, Joshua spoke to the Israelites and he says, choose this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Exactly right. Jesus in Matthew 7 said there's a broad way and there's a narrow way, there's a narrow gate. Enter by the narrow gate, take the broad way. So we see this idea of choice repeatedly in scriptures. One place we see it though, and this is a little review from last week. Pastor Doyle wanted us to see this a second time. One place we see this is in Colossians chapter two, verse eight. Now Colossians is one of uh, three or four New Testament epistles that was written to combat a heresy in the church. The others are the two Corinthians and Galatians. Galatians was written to combat what we call legalism, trying to save yourself by works. Corinthians was written to combat what we call licentiousness or lawlessness, which is just giving yourself completely to the flesh and doing whatever the flesh tells you to do. Colossians, we don't really know. We know there was some problem in the church, and we know that law was part of it, and lawlessness was also part of it, but angels were a part of it as well. We don't really know what these folks were doing. We don't know what this heresy was. We can't give it a name today. The best we can do is call it the Colossian heresy, and that's what we're left with. That's what we call it today, the Colossian heresy. Whatever that heresy was, Paul takes it head on here, hits it directly with a hammer here in verse 8 when he says, see to it. That no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. Now, there are several powerful terms in that phrase. See to it's a powerful term. Find that, that phrase repeatedly in the epistles. Takes you captive is a powerful term. That's something I'm always trying to avoid. And Paul says it's a possibility here. Philosophy is a powerful term, except that I don't really know what it means. I did look in the original, uh, the original language, Greek this week, uh, the word philosophy, guess what it is in Greek? Philosophia. Doesn't help me at all. <laughs> Does not give me any new information. And it's, this is the only time it's used in the Bible, so I can't look at any other verses and get any kind of context here. I don't know what philosophy meant to Paul. I think it's possible it doesn't mean what it meant to us. We think of philosophy as, you know, it's a a way of life. I think Paul may have have been thinking more of fantasy here. In fact, if you look at the Amplified uh, translation, one possibility that they they give for this word is idle fancies, which is pretty close to fantasy, right? So Paul may be saying, uh, do not be taken captive by fantasy here. The most powerful terms, though, for me, though, are those terms hollow. And deceptive, and that's what Pastor Doyle has in your notes. He says, ungodly ways are hollow and deceptive. Ungodly ways is, is fantasy, just another term for it. Uh, that's the kind of fantasy we're going to be talking about today, ungodly ways. He says those are hollow and deceptive. Last week, he called them a mirage. He used that term. He also talked about those hollow Easter bunnies uh, that we have probably all gotten. Right? Grandma would give me an Easter bunny, this big hunk of chocolate. That's what I thought it was, you know, and I would open it up and I would bite into it and it would shatter. And you know, you thought you had a pound of chocolate, and it turns out you have a little bit of chocolate skin. Uh, you know, It's not that great at all. Another way to think about this, uh, and this is probably something that we've all done, but we've all you know, gone down the stairs or up the stairs, and we thought there was one more step to go when there isn't. Have you ever had that experience? When you get to the bottom of the stairs, you just kind of thud right there. You know? But if you're doing it the other direction, if you're going up, you step up, and you're getting ready to put your weight down, and you step all the way through. If you've never done this, just come into the office and watch our security cameras because I do it on the church stairs at least once a week. And you can just watch it. You know, the security cameras are going to catch it. So you can entertain yourself that way. But it's scary when that happens, right? It feels terrible. And literally, it it could put you at risk. There's a danger there. You could hurt yourself. Well, that's what these fantasies are. That's what these ungodly ways are. They they look solid. They look substantial. They will not hold your weight. If you try to put weight on them, if you try to build your life on them, if you try to get something good out of them, you're going to be disappointed at least, and injured at worst. That's a possibility. So Pastor Doyle is encouraging us to turn away from these. There's two uh, fantasies he wants us to turn away from. The, the first is the one he mentioned last week. Again, he wants us to review this. That's called The Elephant in the Room. Uh, two things there. Uh, one is worry, and the other is anger. Worry is a dark fantasy about what could happen to you. Usually it never does. But we continue to play those fantasies in our mind. Anger is the fantasy that you can use violence to get what you want. Now, violence does not just mean physical trauma. It can also mean the way you talk to somebody, your volume, your word selection, giving somebody the cold shoulder, silent treatment. All of those things are violent. And we have this fantasy that that kind of violence can get us what we want. That's the elephant in the room. We talked about that last week. This week, Pastor Doyle wants us to talk about a different fantasy. He calls it the life of the party. And uh, the life of the party fantasy, there are two elements to it. One is what I call a spirit or an attitude, and the other is an activity. I do not know how to define the spirit or attitude for you, because if I was going to define it, if I was going to call it anything, I would call it party. I would call it the party spirit, and that's already the word we're using. So I, I, I don't, hedonistic maybe, if you're familiar with that, epicurean. Uh, that's one of the few things that I learned over at Westland High School. I did learn that word, if it means anything to you. That's kind of what we're talking about here. Probably the best I can do here, though, is take you to, uh, again, some commercials I saw on TV. Uh, these were beer commercials. Don't know what beer it was for. Not really that interested in knowing. But I know that their tagline was, here we go. And Carl Weathers was in some of them. If you're familiar with Carl Weathers' actor, it was Apollo Creed, right? From the Rocky movies, I think. Um, but he said it wrong. He would say, here we go. Like some you would say before play in a sport or something. The way they really meant it to be said was what you saw in some other commercials. There's one commercial where all the men leave town and all the ladies are left a- alone. And when the men are finally gone, one of the ladies lifts up a, a case of-, of whatever beer it was. And she said, here we go. And yeah, yeah. And all the other ladies are like, Woo-hoo! you know, I don't have that in me. I don't know where it comes from. This is the only time you'll ever say, woo you'll never see that again. All right, so enjoy it now, because it ain't ever happening again. Um, But that is the spirit of the party. It's a little bit licentious. It just is kind of over the top, I suppose. The activity of the party, this I can dial in a little better for you. It is consumption. This is what the life of the party fantasy is wants us to do. It wants us to consume things. It wants us to consume either the wrong things, or it wants us to consume good things, but in the wrong way to the wrong degree. It wants us to consume things we shouldn't consume, or consume more of the things than we should consume. That is what the life of the party fantasy is. That is what Pastor Doyle wants us to turn away from. Pastor Doyle also wants us to understand that there is a time frame, to turning away from these fantasies. And that's another idea, another new idea he's bringing out to us today. He gives us Isaiah 55 here. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on the Lord while he is near. Now, seek the Lord, call on the Lord. That is synonymous with turn to God, return to God, turn away from fantasy, abandon fantasy. This verse, though, introduces a new idea. While he may be found, while he is near. That is time. That is a time frame. It is a time limit. It is a time constraint. We are being told there there is a a terminal point, and you must do this before you hit that terminal point. Pastor Doe asked me as we were talking about these things, he said, have you ever had to do something by a certain date? Have you ever lost something because you didn't do it by that date? Well, I have. As it turns out, that almost happened to me this week. For the past several weeks now, I've been getting emails from my daughter's school. And they've been asking me, are you going to re-enroll your student for next year? And those, they were form emails. You know, they were sent to multiple people, so I just didn't pay attention to them. I said, you know, my wife will take care of that. <laughs> you know, that's not my business. That, that, that's her job. Well, this week, I got an email, and it wasn't a form email. It was a personal email. And it said, Dear Mr. McCoy, Are you going to re-enroll your student or not? Because if not, we got somebody to take her place. And I responded to that one immediately. (laughs) Yes, she will be re-enrolled. Because if she's not re-enrolled, A, she's not going to be educated, right? And it's my responsibility to to provide her with an education so she can be a functional adult. But also, B, if she's not re-enrolled, that means I'm stuck with her all day long. (laughs) And that can't happen. I have things to do, you know. I've got work, so yes, she will be re-enrolled. I took care of that right away. Well, it is similar here. There is a time limit, and we must seek the Lord before time is up. Now, Pastor Roy also wanted you to know, and I thought this was very good, the time is not up for you yet. There are people that read this, oh, it's too late for me. No, it's not. Here's how we know it's not too late. You are sitting here instead of being six foot underground. Okay, you are breathing, you are hearing my voice, you're holding our sermon notes here in your hands, it's not too late for you. Pastor Doyle said, too late is when you stand before the Lord for the judgment. That's not happened for any of us yet, so there is still time. Pastor Doyle also wants us to understand, though, sooner is better than later. Okay, now here's where we get into the the fantasy of the life of the party. The life of the party says you've got plenty of time you got all the time in the world. And you shouldn't be giving your time to God right now. You should be having fun instead. You should be sowing your wild oats. YOLO! You only live once. Which is incredibly stupid, but people continue to say it, right? Uh, Billy Joel said, only the good die young. You ever heard that where he's talking to Virginia and he's trying to talk her into something and he, he tells her, only the good die young, right? By the way, there was a guy in our church, I told Pastor Dole this story, there's a guy in our church in California uh, who grew up on Long Island, which I guess is close to where Billy Joel is from, and he said he knew Virginia. He said there's a real Virginia, and he didn't know Billy Joel, but he, he knew her. He knew the, the girl this song was written about. That doesn't contribute to our discussion today. I just think it's interesting, you know, that there's a real Virginia out there. But that is what this fantasy is telling us. That's what the world, the flesh, the devil is telling us later is fine. And we're saying no later is not fine. I know that you can look at the thief on the cross and say, hey, the thief on the cross, last few moments of his life, turns to Jesus, Jesus receives him. Absolutely. I'm thankful for the thief on the cross because he blesses me to do good work. A couple weeks ago, I had to go see somebody uh, in Ohio State Hospital. That person was in a thief on the cross position. He was not going to be with us very much longer. I told him, you're like the thief on the cross, this is what you need to do, and he did it. Glad for that. But do you really want to be the thief on the cross? Is that your first choice? Okay, I would rather be Samuel. You know what the book of Samuel says? Samuel was serving in the temple at the altar wearing a linen ephod. It said a a young boy in a linen ephod. He's three or four years old. And he's serving in the temple. Samuel served God his entire life from his birth until his death. You could be the thief on the cross. I would rather be Samuel. And in fact, think about it this way, my friends. If the thief on the cross, and not not attacking the man, but I'm just saying, if the thief on the cross had turned to Jesus earlier, he never would have been the thief on the cross. Right? Because he would not have continued to live the thief lifestyle, wouldn't have got arrested, wouldn't have got crucified, probably would have had 20, 30 more years uh, of God's goodness. Right? I, I believe Pastor Doyle says, what is the benefit of choosing Christ now? You know, The party says the benefit is you have fun. Well, what is the benefit or the blessing of choosing Christ now? I'll give you a couple ideas. Love from the creator. Grace. And mercy from the Father, hope, joy, peace. I can't figure out any other place to get those other than God, and I've been looking for them all my life. Reason, purpose, mission, meaning. I've been looking for those all my life as well, and I can't find any other place other than God. Fellowship with God and with his family, provision, protection. I could go on for quite some time. There is a lot of blessing to be in a Samuel. Rather than being a thief on the cross, Pastor Doyle is encouraging us to take that blessing, receive it today by turning away from fantasy now as soon as possible and turning toward God. That brings us then to the second idea that he has for us. What's so dangerous? It's a question. What's so dangerous about giving into this common fantasy of the life of the party. Well, uh, to answer that question, we're going to leave Colossians and we're going to go to Galatians. I've already mentioned Galatians. I said they had a problem there, a heresy. That heresy was legalism. They wanted to save themselves by their deeds by observing the law. Now, that may sound like that's no party at all. That's the way I've always in- interpreted it up to this week. I've always said, man, if you're legalistic, you're you're not partying at all. What I realize now is that these guys... I just found a different way to get to the
1: party. Missed part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. Now is a great time for us just to stop and pray. You know, we've been thinking about God and His Word. You ever think about praying for church attendance? Let's pray that the church would grow. Let's pray for church attendance today. Lord, we we thank you that when you spoke to Peter and the disciples, you said that you would build your church on the principle that you are the Messiah and that the gates of hell would not prevail, and we thank you, Lord, for your church. We thank you that your church is meant to be a growing, vibrant group of people. That are set apart and holy, pleasing to you, different from the world. And God, your church, we have to be honest, it's its had a lot of pushback recently. It's had a lot of obstacles set up, and, and some of us have begun to believe that it might be optional. But your word says, your word says clearly that we're not to forsake gathering together that we are not to somehow think it's unimportant to meet together. So we're praying today for your church, yes, to push back the gates of hell. We're praying for your church to preach the gospel. We're praying that when we when we go to church, we will worship you. We will worship you in spirit and truth and we will read your word. But we're praying that the church would begin to grow in attendance. Lord that we would see new believers baptized because that's what happens when you give your life to Jesus. We, we go through the waters of baptism. Lord, we pray that your church would be filled with the Holy Spirit and power to be witnesses because that's what we see in your word. Lord, we're praying that the church would become effective at, at caring for widows and orphans and those in need because that's what you said was righteous. That was right. That was just. Lord, we pray that your church would gather in their homes. We pray that they would invite their friends over, but that we would also meet publicly we pray that we would meet in these these big spaces so that the whole community would know that your church is alive and vibrant and real and that we have the truth of jesus christ and we pray in jesus name bless your church she's your bride and you love her may we make ourselves ready for you today in jesus name thank you for praying with me you know, as a pastor, as as your pastor, I want you to know one of the most powerful things you can do and I can do is pray together. And I'd like for you to begin to join me in prayer every day. And so we've created a free prayer guide, but you have to go to our website, yournextstepnow.com. Give us your email address and you can download the ebook. It's for you, but it's also to begin to grow in prayer. It's the best thing that'll ever happen to you. Go to yournextstepnow.com and give us your email address and get your prayer guide today. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at The Church Next Door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for your next step.
0: I believe you're gonna find people that have a genuine love for God, and a genuine zeal for the truth.
2: You don't have to dress super fancy. And it's so lively
1: and it's so much fun and just you leave like oh so refreshed. And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of The Church Next Door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org.
2: Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast, an audio scrapbook, that will preserve those memories for generations to come. Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY. one 38 story Or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-media.com.